From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed PowerCash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to La Liga Weekly. We're back. The league starts again. This, uh, hang on, wait there. Uh, when can you make it? Can you, right, no. Okay, Saturday. The league starts again this Saturday. At least that was sorted out in good time. Uh, there'll be no Lionel Messi at the start of the season, but don't worry, it's only because Barca have a weekend off. In fact, all of that promotional artwork that missed him out, well, you can redo that. Worried about the future of La Liga? Never, because we've got other stars like Gareth Bale. Uh, oh, hang on, shock news just in. He's injured and we'll miss the start of the season. Uh, we've got great transfers to discuss. No one under the age of 35, but, you know, these are tough times. Uh, thank you to everybody who has sent in their opinions on where everyone will finish this season. Well, we use that for uh, our prediction now, looking ahead to the rest of the season. They are unanimous. Uh, Elche are going down. To be fair, they have only got 12 players, so it's not that extreme a bet. Uh, Terry Gibson is here. He failed his medical at Valencia, so he's not signing. Uh, which leaves them with about half a dozen players as well for the, the start of the season. It is something of a shambolic start to the season. We will discuss Messi. At least he is still here. Um, it's it's not, you know, we, we love La Liga, Terry. We love to sell it. It kicks off this weekend with Abar versus Celta and seven games. Uh, some of this is because of the, the virus, because of the pandemic. Um, but some of it is because of a dispute between the league and, and the FA. And I've got to say, they don't help themselves in, in tough times. No, they don't. I mean, to change the fixture so late is extraordinary. I think we have to bear in mind as well that the, the big teams are missing that were involved in European football as well. And I think, do you know what, John, this is going to be, I think it's going to slowly become a realisation for so many people now that this season is going to be problematic in terms of its congested, it's shortened, not just in La Liga, but throughout Europe and I think we've we've all, we haven't yet come to terms with how how big a deal it's going to be. You know the amount of games I've worked it out. It's thirty six weeks this season, so you know the clubs in the league are be playing thirty eight league games. We got a Copa del Rey final from last season. The new Copa del Rey competition will start. We'll have teams in the Europa League, in the Champions League, and then the Euros start on June the twelfth. So it's 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 a really you know it, as a lot of things in life at the moment are. Everybody making the best of, of what they can. And with the players having a short break, they're certainly going to come flying back and, and at it full pelt right from the off. So it's going to, you know, when we're looking at predictions for this season, I think we have to bear that in mind. You know, the, the, the problems that clubs are going to face with 
you know, even the big clubs, bigger squads, but they've got loads of international players that are going to be going off and playing international football. They're going to be involved in the big European competitions. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. And of course, we have a, we do have a longer transfer window, so still time for some action on the, on the transfer front as well. But there is a it seems to be a, very, a marked reluctance, doesn't there, of the big Spanish teams to get involved in the transfer window. I mean, Donny van der Beek, van der Beek who was long linked to uh, Real Madrid, would would look, he looked like a good signing, didn't he? Because he's only gone for forty million, and he's a regular international, loads of Champions League experience, and all of that. And they basically said, you know, they they stood off and said, no, we're not, you know, we're not spending that kind of money. Um, well, we don't know about income streams, which is sort of sensible. Um, it might yeah. prove to be sensible in, so. in, in the long run. So, you know, when we, I'm a, I'm a big critic sometimes of the, the Wild West of the transfer market, how money is thrown around and wasted and players' careers are ruined. So, in, you know, I, I hesitate to criticise when a sensible decision, when a cautious decision is made. And also, I don't think it was a position that they needed. Mm. With other guards going back, I think they're, they're pretty well stocked in midfield. So, you know, if you're going to spend money, spend it on a player that is needed. Um, for So he has a job to fulfil, a role to fulfil, uh, whether that's in the starting lineup or, as, you know, as a backup player, which is a backup player is going to be, in you know, heavily used this season. But I think in, in midfield, you know, Fede Valverde is another one that comes to mind. Odegaard has gone back. Modric, Casemiro, Cruz still playing as well as ever. So I kind of get why they didn't, you know, spend it. Whereas in the past... When money perhaps wasn't a problem, finance wasn't a problem, perhaps they would have just added a player and then decide how to fit him in. But I think it's, a, it's I think it's a, as you said, the, the sense will move at the moment for Real Madrid. Uh, so let's have a look at these predictions then. So what we've asked everybody to do on Twitter, so you can you can join in at Driscoll FC if if you uh, if you like, because we're going to extend the deadline as well now to Saturday morning, uh, and. Basically, everyone sends in their 1 to 20, and I will compile it into, therefore, the, the wisdom of the crowd. And then from there, I mean, it's never perfect. We've never got it spot on yet. It's not bad, actually, the predictions. We've always done pretty well with this. Um, so we use it there as a judge as to whether a team has had a good season or a bad season. Obviously, Granada were the, were the big, big winners of last season because everybody said that they would be, I think they, they were 20th, I think, in the predictions. And then they obviously, was it uh, seventh, they finished at the end of the season. So obviously, uh, which is hope for Elche, although they've got a long way back. So Terry, uh, I, now I haven't told you these, so I, but I'm going to put you on the spot. I think you'll get this right. Who do you think is top of the predictions from the the, the answers that we've had so far? To go down or to, no, to win to, the league? To win the league. To win the league, Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, by by a distance, um, and so even though uh, Gareth Bale has come back from international duty with an injury, even though in Nazard uh, isn't fit, they've done no work in the transfer market. It does. I mean, it seems to me the sensible bet, given how strongly they finished last season. Um, it's always a safe place to start your predictions, isn't it? That last season's champions will win again this year, unless something dramatic has happened. Yeah, there has to be an improvement from the other teams. I think we're. We're perhaps a little bit blinded by the fact that they were so good when they came back from the lockdown. Perhaps we're, we're not reflecting on the season as a whole. But I think we've, we've both said that they, they haven't signed anyone. But I think it's, you know, it's a settled squad. Sorry, John, I lost you there. Yeah, sorry, carry on. So, um, hang on. Should we start uh, that bit again? 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just start your answer again. Yeah, that was weird. It suddenly disappeared. But I think it's an obvious conclusion to make, isn't it, Real Madrid? We, we look at how they finished last season, perhaps slightly forgetting the inconsistent performance, you know, for the first, before lockdown. But I think in, in terms of quality in their squad, you have to, you know, believe that Real Madrid, you know, there's, they, they didn't need new signings. And I think that the squad in general is, is strong enough to go again. And, you know, I think they're in, in, in the best shape. I think it's, uh, I think I like, I, I hope for an improvement from Atletico this season. Barca at the moment are a little bit of an unknown quantity. We don't know how that's going to work out with Ronald Koeman. We, I firmly believe Messi's going to, you know, be at the top of his game again. Um, and I think Seville will challenge the, the, the you know, firmly challenge this year. And I think the, the gap between the top four will be a lot smaller than it actually turned out last season. Real Madrid won it comfortably in the end and Barca were comfortably in a long way ahead of Atletico and Sevilla. So I expect that to be a lot closer this year. But I think in terms of the, the 36-week season, I think that Real Madrid have the greatest depth in their squad. But the fact there is, the big debate there will be, Zidane has to use all the players available at his disposal and try not to have any of those players, including Gareth Bell, if he stays. You know, he has to be used because it's it's going to take its toll on if Zidane favours just using 14, 15 players. But what we what we did see in the lockdown was he was he, he was more open to using some of the players and rotating and it, he made use of the bigger, stronger squads. And I think that's what he's going to have to do this year. So Real Madrid are favourites then. So do you think there's any shock in our second finishers so far? No, I'm no. guessing Barcelona. Yeah, it is Barca. So, I mean, comfortably behind Real Madrid, sort of a half point, but, you know, all sort of, um, what would that be? So one and a half is the average finishing place for, for Real Madrid. And that would be sort of like two and a half for Barcelona. So, you know, yeah, sort of comfortably behind in the predictions, but not disastrously so. It's not as if, you know, you, you, we've looked at some of what appears to be a shambles. We saw that awful performance against Bayern Munich and you might have thought that people would desert them. But, you know, there are plenty of Barca fans who remain optimistic. Uh, they've still got Lionel Messi. When when you go through their 11, still you know, there's still potential to be a brilliant team in there, isn't there? So, you know, there there is still hope for them. Oh, totally. I mean, you, you said you've got, still got Lionel Messi. They've, they've now, Coutinho looks like he's going to play a part. Dembele is back to fitness. They've signed Pjanic. Ansu Fati is emerging as a, a, a wonderful talent. <laughs> and Luis Suarez is still there. He hasn't gone anywhere yet. So he's got a year left on his contract. I thought the Juventus deal was going through this week, but it hasn't. Um, no, I, I think that the big issues are the, you know, the, the, the lack of energy that we saw in midfield. Um, how the defenders were isolated against Bayern and, and you know hung out to dry. To be honest, the system of play that Kike Setien had, which quite frankly in that game there was no system of play. So no, it's as I said, Barca are an unknown quantity still. We don't know how Ronald Koeman's going to line up. We don't know you know what his tactics are going to be. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see. So I understand why Real Madrid. Everyone knows what they're going to be like. With Barcelona, we're not so sure. Um, hence, I've actually gone for Atletico in second. Oh, have you? Right, OK. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but he's... Koeman's always been... You know, people don't really like Koeman, do they? But he's, he, he doesn't have a, a philosophy, does he? Or a, or a coaching system or anything. It's just a, it's just a pragmatic coach, isn't he? 
which is probably, I'd argue, I think better at the moment in a slightly shambolic situation than Kike Setien, uh, who did have a philosophy, although it wasn't always obvious what it was because he obviously didn't have the authority to, to impose it onto that group of players. Yep, that was the big problem. I think Kuman comes with a little bit more kudos in terms of what he's done in the game, particularly at Barcelona. So that will help him. Um, and I think I, I, I'm 100% certain he, he will have a plan, you know, and it will be based on, on how Barcelona normally play. So I think it, it's, I, I think he'll make a good job of it. And as we've already said, the, the, the quality is there. You know, Ricky Puj came in and did well last season. I think there's Carlos Alenia is back from loan. Even Rafinha, I saw footage of them training the other day. He's back. So they've actually got the numbers because they, they struggled after lockdown in terms of numbers, bodies. The squad was far too small. And then when you had Suarez and, and Messi playing up front, Busquets in midfield, Rakitic playing as well, PK all over 30, it took its toll. I mean, we, we 11 week, 11 rounds of games in, in what, 38 days plus Champions League football, it took its toll on the older players. So there is potential there this season for Koeman to, to freshen things up with the younger players that returned back on loan. Um, so I think, yeah, no, I've, I've put them third, but only because I expect a massive improvement from Atletico. Um, but I, 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 I'm doing this off the top of my head, like everybody else. We've all gone for the safe bet because there's not too many changes at Real Madrid, not too many changes at Atletico, which is why I've gone for them in second. But Barca could surprise. I, I certainly, you know, doing this prediction, it will change. I'm pretty sure, you know, I, I possibly might change my mind in, in five or six weeks. Um, let's just briefly talk about Messi, because obviously last time we, we spoke, it was all up in the air as to where he was going to be. So he says he is staying. Um, I, th- I think, you know, I think he uh, hats off to him for, for not getting into a legal uh, dispute. Was there a time that you thought it was it was all done and that he was on his way to you know, Man City or somewhere? I changed my mind. Um, initially, I thought he was going because yeah. we've never come this close before. And I tended to believe that there was a, a the big possibility that he was going to be allowed to leave on a free transfer. So I thought, you know, that was, if that's the case, then Manchester City got the money. The wheel was there for Messi to, to leave Barcelona. We'll never know whether the wheel was there for him to go to City because it never came that far. Obviously, the speculation led us to believe that was the case. And for obvious reasons, you know, it's uh, Pep Guardiola and people, other people, Soriano and Bagheera Stein that he'd worked for. So there was a, an obvious conclusion to make, but PSG were looming as well. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I'm pleased. I'm pleased he's staying. Um, I, personally, I don't want him to play for anybody else, for a major club. I know there might be the possibility of him play, going back to Argentina and playing. I think that might be a little bit far-fetched. Maybe there's a possibility of going to Middle East or Japan or China, one of those, MLS. Um, but I think in terms of a major football club, I, I would hope now that uh, the, he stays for the, the you know, entire career as a one-club player. Really winds me up when people say he doesn't, he hasn't tested himself. He has in European Champions League football over the years. He, yeah. He's tested himself. Why would you leave Barcelona just to go and test yourself in another league? Barcelona, one of the biggest clubs in the world. He's had a successful period at Barcelona. They play in front of 90,000 people every week. It's a beautiful city with a beautiful climate that his wife and children are, are now used to. The kids are going to school. With all due respect to Man City, who have a recent, a recent history, you, 
if you're Lionel Messi, you're not sitting there thinking, I need to go and play for in another club in another league to prove mm. myself amongst everybody else. I need to, to leave Barcelona to go and play for Manchester City because I know Pep Guardiola. Um, as I say, Manchester City have got recent history. Um, we're talking, what, 10 years? And Pep has really influenced that in terms of bringing, you know, the profile to the club, some of the players that they've signed. But, you know, people said to me in, in various interviews I've done, should he not have gone and, you know, gone to Man City and tested himself? Why would you leave Barcelona if everything is to your liking? I know it isn't at the moment, but there's the possibility that it, it will change for the better. And, you know, and hopefully then he'll, he'll, he'll be proved, hopefully, that he's... He's made the right choice. Now I'm saying this might come March. He might. Yeah, well, that's the question, isn't it? Is is he just off any time? I don't know because that's a moving picture, isn't it? Because the president will change, Hmm. possibility that the manager would change even in March. Um, So I I think it's the worry for Barcelona will be that he decides to do something when he can in January on a free transfer. That would be the worry. If he, according to the news that we read, he can leave next summer on a free transfer. Yeah. And so he could, therefore, agree something in January. Yeah, um, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and but the, 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 the extra the year, the extra year matters, doesn't it? Because at 33, shifting to play in the Premier yes. League is, is one. At 34, it's quite significant. And it's only one year. It's quite significant, though, isn't it, to... To up, up sticks and go and play in a different league, um, I and mean, you don't know what state City will be in at that point, and you don't know how fit Messi will be at that point. I think it, it felt to me like this—it was this summer. I'm not saying or never, but you know, it was, this summer seemed—it did seem likely to me that he, he might actually go this summer. But um, yeah. I agree as well. It, when he'd probably be playing sixty games in yeah. less than forty weeks this season. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to take its toll on a player that's 33 coming up to, to 34. There's, I talked about the congestion of the season. I, I was listening to Tim Vickery. They haven't even started the World Cup qualifiers in, in South America yet, and they don't think they will until next year because of COVID. So we know how elongated their qualification process is. So they're going to be cramming in games left, yeah, right and centre. It doesn't have to be, does it? I always think that with the South American qualifiers because everyone plays everyone, don't they? It's crazy. Yeah. Just, you, know, you know what, guys? Have two groups. Exactly. You know, just, just play a certain number of teams and then people yep. qualify from both groups. Revolutionary idea. That would make, It has been done in the past. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. So that's going to be another issue. So Messi is going to be, it will be at some stage during the season flying back to South America for important World Cup qualifiers. Then we've got the Euros, then the following Christmas we've got the World Cup. So for a 33, 34-year-old playing this amount of games, mm-hmm. there might be, you know, despite the fact he's still quality, despite the profile that he will bring to any club, it has to be a serious consideration at the age of 34 to be paying a player that amount of money per week, even if he's on a free transfer. So here's the here's the, 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 un, the, the, the grubby question. Should... Barca have been happy to say goodbye to him. Are they going to be stuck paying this guy um, a declining player, declining physical player, uh, a million, what is it, a million euros a week or something he's on, take-home pay? So should they, was it an opportunity for Barca's board to have said, oh, look, look, we've lost him, sorry about that, and then rebuild with all that money that they would save? Yeah, it's a big big one, isn't it? It is a grubby question. It's 
One that I'm not convinced we have the answer for because I think possibly there was a feeling at the club with the current president that the savings on his wages would come in handy. But at the same time, he didn't want to be the president who's done a load of other mistakes. He didn't want to be known as the president that allowed Messi to leave on a free transfer, mm. especially. So I think that was the, the, the crunch. You know, if they could have got 100 million for him, possibly then, then Barcelona and, and Bartomeu might have thought, oh, this is Andy. We get you know, 100 million in, in transfer fee and we save 100 million in wages. But I mean, he's worth the money. That's the that's the problem. And he, he has always been worth the money to Barcelona. I mean, he is clearly the, the, the well, clearly he's the, the best player in the world. And the, the you know the the money he's generated for that club. They were talking it was broken down in a number of articles I read how he was actually going to be worth the money that Manchester City were willing to pay. You yeah. know, if you break it down, it actually it it they could still make money on paying him a hundred million euros a year. So if, if Manchester City can do it, I'm sure Barcelona have maximised the revenue from having Lionel Messi at the club for yeah, all, all those years. It stretches into the long future. If a player is good enough, a club is living off his reputation for years and years and years and years to come. Um, so Because we say shirt sales, which is about 30 years out of date, that selling a few shirts yeah. makes the, you know, the difference <laughs> in, in, in these days of high finance. But um, it, was, it was out of date when David Beckham moved. Yeah, yeah, and that was the reason people were attributed to. Oh, that's the only re- reason Real Madrid bought. And that all those years ago, that was out of date then. Yeah, and we still hear it now. We still hear it. People still believe that, you know, if you sell three million Messi shirts, it pays for him. It 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 doesn't work like that anymore. Yes, yes. Uh, so who's third in our list then, Terry? Do you think people have been radical, or do you think everyone has just gone with the team that finished third last season? Atletico. Yeah. Yeah, entirely. We've yeah. got now Connor was the first, but I think two people have got them top. Uh, La Liga Gav, who is a, a respected voice, he's got them fifth. I think that's probably the, the, the lowest I've seen uh, for Atleti. So a bit of a, a division uh, of opinion ahead of them. Uh, Simeone, with, without his mate, of course, Monobergos uh, th- this season. Not a lot of movement, again, uh, in the transfer market with them. But uh, they, they said last year was a period of of transition, didn't they? And and you know, here we are again. So, you know, everything should be good if that's the case. Yeah, their last league defeat was February against Real Madrid. So they went 16 without defeat. And then we, we their, their end of season was tarnished by the, the Red Bull Leipzig result and mm. performance and performance from Simeone. You know, he changed system. He wasn't as active as they had been in La Liga because that's come from behind after the break to qualify for the Champions League. So we, we saw them be a little bit more attack-minded. And it worked. And then for the Red Bull Leipzig game, he changed system. It went back to a kind of 4-4-2 with practically only Costa up front and it, it didn't work. Um, things livened up when he brought Joao Felix on. I, I toyed with the idea of Atletico winning it, I must admit. Um, so I think they're going to be massive improvement on last season. They were close last year. I know they're 17 points off Real Madrid, but they drew 16 matches. Mm. So that, that's, you know, if you, you can shuffle that about, um, I think we saw definitely saw improvement from them as the season went on. I think they will improve defensively as well. Goals against 27 was the second best in the, in the league behind Real Madrid on 25. I expect that to be reversed this season. So I think they'll concede less goals. I think they'll, which means they'll win more games, and I and I think they'll they'll be competitive much closer to Real Madrid this season. The squad is big enough as well. 
I don't have any worries about the, the size of the squad. So I think that, uh, you know, I think they've got all bases covered and I think they'll be out with full of determination to, to get yeah, a lot closer to Real Madrid than Barcelona. How, in that how much pressure is on him to, to win it this year? I mean, obviously we're well, giving him a lot of leeway because where he dragged the club from and two to win the league, you know, win the league to get into the Champions League finals twice, and all of that. So he's he's a legend. His legend is guaranteed. Um, but there is there's there have been opportunities the last couple of seasons without Real Madrid and Barcelona being in a, in a brilliant place. If ever you're going to topple the big two, this is your chance, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, and and last season it was a bit disastrous to be honest for Atletico. Mm. You know, to finish third, seventeen points off top. To go out to Leonesa, was in it in the Copa del Rey, and then to go out to Red Bull Leipzig in the in the Champions League was you know means you end up with without any trophies, not really coming close in anything. And for the first time, I say the first time, there have been other times where people have there's been murmurs of discontent, but I think this time in in the media particularly, there was genuine criticism of Simeone that you know this is he's the highest paid manager in the world, he's been given a fortune to spend on players. Um, yes, they've received a fortune in return in terms of you know players that they've sold, but I you know I think that the pressure is firmly on him. It's a, it's a I wouldn't say it's a make or break season, because Simeone will always decide his future at Atletico Madrid, but I, I think in terms of pressure on him for his reputation, it, it's such a crucial season, and we're asking the same questions. We know he could, he's built a team in the past and he has done and he can do build a team you know that doesn't concede goals. It's hard to be. And teams don't like playing against, and it's proved successful. But we're, we're still waiting for this development from Simeone as a uh, coach that can, you know, coach his team to be more expansive. And at the same time, still be solid at the back, possibly the best goalkeeper in the world. So I think there's there's a, a, a huge amount of pressure on Simeone this year. Not for his job, because as I said, he'll decide when that's done. But I think in terms of his reputation, massive, massive season for Simeone. Uh, I'll, I'll stop doing the false jeopardy thing, Terry, because the predictions are in exactly the uh, the order that you would expect them to be. So uh, fourth place in our predictions are severe. So we've been saying uh, not a lot of interest in the transfer market. Uh, you know, well, dear old Gary Cottrell hanging around outside Lionel Messi's house. <laughs> <laughs> Walking up and down that street. And um, now he's in quarantine for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean, Sevilla. Obviously, normally Sevilla make you know they they sell everybody and they buy a whole new team and then they sell that lot and they buy a whole new team every single summer. So I, I think long every year that Monty has been there, I've thought, can they just have one light summer and not make a load of changes and just make a couple of sensible changes? And I've sort of got my wish one way or another, Terry, in that they've made a couple of changes, but they look sensible ones. Yep, and we haven't seen players too many players leave. Not the players that they they you know would like to keep. That's for sure. So I, I actually believe this year they're they're going to go really close. And um, my prediction is you know that's the top. I've got Sevilla in fourth, but I think they can really push at the top. I mean it's twenty one games without defeat. They beat Inter Milan. They beat Manchester United. I mean their league form goes back. They they were improving all the way through the season. I wasn't a fan of Lopetegui at the start of the season, but I was. So around the, the three-quarter mark, just prior to lockdown, I could see what he was trying to do. I could see that he'd realised, you know, what changes he need to make in the team. And, you know, we, I was noticing he wasn't 
remember though early in the season they were going scoring and going one nil up and straight away he was putting two or three negative defensive subs on. He stopped doing that as the season went on, and that helped Sevilla. And I think there was it just gave a different outlook to the players that they perhaps were better than he thought initially. You know, perhaps we don't have to be a team that goes one nil up and then holds on to it. We're actually good enough now to dominate teams and go and get a second goal and and win it comfortably. So the substitutes were negative. And, and I, I think with the signings they've made with Oscar Rodriguez, Rakitic is a good replacement for Benega. Rakitic is a player that is better in an attacking position anyway. Mm. But it's just that Barcelona has been dropping deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and, and I think we, we can get back to the Rakitic that we saw early at Barcelona and previously at Sevilla, where he's, he, he could effectively replace Benega as the attacking midfield player. You know, as a player, he's got a good shot from outside the box. Fantastic passer. So the, the similarities, not you know, from Rakitic and Benega are there. Oscar Rodriguez is a good signing. Bono, they had to keep. They were obliged to keep, especially when Girona didn't go up um, because his form in, in the Europa League was, was yeah. extraordinary. He kept Vasilik out, which was a big surprise. Vasilik was clearly the number one goalkeeper. But injury allowed Bono his chance and... It was astonishing. So, Regulon is left back is is the only position really that they might need to strengthen. I think they're hoping to get Regulon on loan again, but Real Madrid want to sell him. So it's uh, be interesting to see you know if Monty can come up with a, a replacement to back up Escudero, who's still there. So, but he's the only left back. So, what about I think a, go what right about scorer. Right. Well, uh, Carlos Fernandez is back on yeah. loan, who been out on loan at Granada. So they've got three. And we saw, as, as, as the season went on, improvement from Ennesri, definite improvement from, from Luke de Jong, with the change, slight change of outlook from Sevilla. And I think Carlos Fernandez scored enough goals at Granada. So I think it wasn't... The problem for me wasn't just down to the quality of the centre-forwards. I thought there was a... You know, it, it was it was bigger than that. You know, I see too many crosses going into the box and only one player in there and stuff like that. So they relied on Ocampos to get his goals. But I I feel confident. I'm not sure they can afford to keep all three. That's the only issue. Yeah. So one of them might have to go out, either be sold or on loan. Um, either Nesri, De Jong, or Carlos Fernandez again. Or they, you know, this. But I, I would love to see Carlos Fernandez get an opportunity at Sevilla. Um, after what he did for Granada last season. So in fifth place in our predictions was the team that finished fifth last season, Villarreal, which is interesting, isn't it? Because in terms of the size of the challenge for Unai Emery, it, it's it's difficult to see an obvious improvement in terms of, of league position. Uh, they've lost players. They've obviously lost Bruno Soriano. Not that he played a significant part. Santi Cazorla certainly did. Uh, Anguis is gone, I believe, hasn't he? Because he was, he was on loan, hasn't he? And, and that's, you know, he's not coming back. Uh Coming in, interesting, Coquelin, Pereo and uh, Kubo. So, promising signs, but I don't know how they can improve their league position, obviously. No, and Unai Emery has to win people over because I'm a big critic of Javier Kieka, but eventually he settled down and he played the traditional Villarreal-style football. So, you had Alcacer and Moreno playing up front. You had the wingers playing out wide, although they tuck in. You had the fullbacks pushing on. It, it looked like a VRL team at the end of the season, didn't it? Mm. You know, the style of play is it's what they they bring up their younger players to play. And, you know, it was, it was a, a big shock that on that last day when they were qualifying for Europe that 
Kayeka and, and Kazola and was leaving and Soriano was retiring. We also, the news was breaking that Kayeka was leaving. Mm. So I think, you know, Unai Emery has to win people over regarding the, the, the VRL supporters. I know there's none in the stadium at the moment. I'm slightly concerned that he'll go away again from the traditional VRL style. So he doesn't normally play two up front. So the yeah. partnership of Alcacer and Gerard Moreno, which was looking so good, I, I worry that that's not going to, you know, one of them's going to be playing wide again. And, you know, the, the, the players that have been brought in, good players, don't get me wrong, but they've got, they're top heavy in terms of attacking players. And I don't think, you know, we looked at them last season, they had Raul Albiol, Pau Torres. Albiol played 36 out of the 38 league games. Torres yeah. played 34. They were fortunate that neither of those picked up an injury because the, the replacements weren't as good. So I was, I'm, not, I'm surprised they haven't gone and done some work on the, on the defence in terms of backup. Um, but, I, 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 you know, Coquelin coming in might be able to do the job of Anguissa, but I thought Anguissa was possibly the best orthodox midfield player last year. You look at Ibora, who he played alongside. So I think that Anguissa was, was more important. Um, Danny Parejo might suit Unai Emery's new 4-3-3 that we'll probably see from Vero. Yeah. I've been critical of him playing in a two-man midfield in a 4-3-3. He might get that. He will get that in licence to, to roam about a little bit more and you know have two players helping him out in the centre of the pitch as well. So it's it's going to be interesting, but I, I think he's got a lot to prove, Unai Emery. But they've, it's a gamble, and I can see why they've done it. They want to go to another level. They want to try and win their first ever trophy. They want to get back in the Champions League. And I can see why they would consider that a proven manager like Unai Emery, um, managing big clubs now around Europe, successfully in, in Europe as well, I kind of get why they would take that chance to go and try and go to the next level. But it's going to be, it's, it, I think it's one of the big stories of La Liga this season, him coming back to a team that was doing well. Um, let's see how it pans out. Uh, sixth place, according to the predictions at the moment, then Real Sociedad, no great surprise. Um, probably the most, is it the most exciting of the transfers? Uh, David Silva's return to La Liga, something of a surprise, obviously, because people thought he might take some kind of sort of semi-retirement step, but then he's, you know, he's gone to uh, a club that was you know, a genuine contender for Champions League football last season. And on the downside, they've lost Odegaard, who was so influential for them and has gone back to Real Madrid. Yeah, no, I think Silva coming back was a, a, a lovely, pleasant surprise, wasn't it? To, you know, we did lose Santi Cazorla and, and a player that was endeared by, you know, all neutrals that watched La Liga. And, and I'm pretty sure that David Silva's come in to, to plug that gap. Now, Raul Sociedad, he's come in to, you know, take the place of missing Martin Odegaard. Um, but I, and, I, and I think, actually, if, if Silva is, as we are led to believe, or what we've seen in the Premier League, he's still fit enough and agile enough to be up to the job, to be a, a real influence at Real Sociedad. And I like the fact that they've signed Nacho Monreal last year, who's a really good professional. Now they've signed David Silva, who's a fantastic professional, as well as a magical footballer. And I like the fact that with these young players at Real Sociedad have got, they've linked them with two you know, outstanding professionals that will lead by example, um, we saw the excitement at the, at the Real Sociedad squads when he signed. And that's the impact that he will have with, with that group of young players. Someone they could look up to, respect, done everything, World Cup winner, um, and still a fantastic player. So it, it, it's, that's a 
fantastic signing. I've gone for them slightly lower than what people have predicted based on the fact that they will be in European football and that might take its toll in this congested season. Right, we have 14 teams to go, so quick break and we'll be back. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to La Liga Weekly. Thank you to everybody who has sent in their answers. So if you want to join in at Driscoll FC, just put your teams 1 to 20, literally that, and, uh, and then I'll compile, compile them all and then I'll publish, I'll, I'll work it all out. Um, I, I might I might take off the top and bottom because I think statisticians tell you you should. Um, that's because, for example, Will has gone for Hetafe uh, to win La Liga. Uh, and I, I sort of uh, gently challenged him on it as to whether he was taking the mick. And he said, no. He said, Leicester could do it. Why can't Hetafe? Fair question. Uh, overall, they they sneak into seventh place, Terry, in our, our predictions, which would be, that would be what, up one in the in the charts, wouldn't it? On where they finished last season. Uh, actually, again, in an underwhelming transfer uh, window, they, they've actually done okay, haven't they, uh, Hetafe? Yeah, I've, I've gone for them in fifth. And I think oh, right, the, okay. the, the lack of European football this season will help them. Right. The, it's, they've signed some good players, but it's important that the ones that they've kept as well, start with Bordelas, because there's always been rumours of him moving on. He stayed. Gene has stayed. They've signed Kukurea permanently. Matthias Oliveira is linked with Atletico. They're left back, so I'm hoping you know, that he does stay. Aaron Bari and Maximovic in midfield have stayed. I thought say, maybe someone might have taken the the chance to, to buy, particularly Aaron Barry. So I'm, I'm glad they've stayed. So And then when you add Enizuno, uh, Cucho Hernandez, they've signed a player called Dario Poveda from Atletico on loan, a 23-year-old centre-forward who's got a really good goal-scoring record, but he's has been out uh, with a, a cruciate knee ligament injury. So he's back to fitness now. They've, they've freshened up that attacking part of their team and brought the average age down by allowing Jorge Molina to leave to go to Granada by about 15 years. <laughs> and and when you look at the goals scoring last year, it was a weakness for them. They only scored 43. Mallorca went down with 40. Molina scored five. We've loved him over the years, and he may, may still prove to do a great job at Granada. But uh, that that's some partnership with him and Soldado up front, isn't it, in terms of experience? But I think they, they, the Bordelais re- recognised that you know their, their goals against record was the fourth best in the league. They need more goals. And the way that his team play, you do need players that are more mobile, more dynamic, possibly, than what Jorge Melina was last season. So, Enizuno played that role at Valladolid. 4-4-2, a team that are pretty direct. And he served them well. He enjoys that, that role. So, when you had Jaime Matter in, and Gelas stayed as well, and they were the two main goal scorers for Hatafe last year. I think he's obviously recognised where the issue was, and he's, he's you know he's gone and done some work on it. And Kucha Hernandez can play wide, he can play up front, he gives some good pace. 
So I, I like the signings. No European football. One win after lockdown. Five defeats, five draws. Cost them the European spot. But I'm, I'm back in Hatafe to, to bounce back next season. Next, this season, yeah, this season. Yes, yes, the season that we're talking about. Uh, So, in eighth place, according to our predictions, are Athletic. Uh, So, on Bilbao Sports News, uh, do they not bother with the transfer window programming? (laughs) Because again, no news. Um, So that heavy marketing was linked again. (laughs) Uh, If they do finish eighth, it's an improvement of three. So that would be that would be good work. Yeah. No, I think that's. Athletic is the issue was scoring goals, finding a regular centre forward, and unfortunately that hasn't changed. I think they're going to have to be relying on, on Raul Garcia again. Nyaki Williams, you know, still shows that he's better in a wider position. So I think that you know they've they've got to somehow try and find someone. Asia Via Libre showed possibly that he had the potential to to be the player that can get on a few chances, but he's not the the normal profile of a, a athletic centre forward in terms of the, the traditional number nine. So I, I think it's really, you know, much of muchness from athletic club that they're going to be hard to play against, uh, hard to, to, you know, to, to break down. Can they find someone? I'm hoping that Ohien Sunset is going to be a player that's a more regular player because yeah. I think he, he's got the ability to create more chances Raul Garcia then can be the centre forward week in, week out, which is a big ask for someone of his age. And then you can have Munyane and Inaki Williams in the wider positions. What we saw from Raul Garcia last season was he was playing all over the place, up front, playing as the, the second striker, dropping deep. He was playing wide. He was playing in midfield. So I think it's Sunset, if he can develop, as I've already seen evidence of so far, then he might that might lead to a... a an improvement on, on athletics, attacking capabilities. So, fingers crossed for athletic. Right. And the other one, I think the most over-predicted, when we've been doing this a few years, these predictions, uh, I, I can't prove this, but I think Betis is usually the team that people predict will finish higher than they actually do. So, last season, they finished 15th. And if our predictions are right, uh, they will rise six places to ninth. Is that realistic? I think Betis and the other one would be Celta, who disappoint. They're in the predictions. Everybody expects them to, to do better yeah. than what they have actually done. And do you know what? I'm going to go with that again this year. I expect them, them both to do better. Betis haven't done an awful lot in the transfer market. Pellegrini is a new manager. Um, slightly surprised that he was so determined to get another goalkeeper. Um, Claudio Bravo coming in. I thought Robles, I didn't think Robles was the issue. And I thought Danny Martin played the last few games of the season and looked at a a good prospect, which he is. So I'm surprised that Martin Montoya is coming at right back, but the Emerson was good at right back. So uh, you know, it's uh, nothing much has changed. Victor Ruiz has come in, but it'd be—I I guess it'd be the outlook. Can they create more chances um, for you know Borjo Iglesias and Loren Moron? If they can, I back both of those strikers to take them. I think they're good enough to do that. The big problem with Betis was lots of possession. And and not creating too many chances. Strikers start to service. So if they can improve that, then they'll, they'll do better this season. No, I, I can't prove this just yet. Uh, I will be able to. But I think the team with the biggest range of predictions will be Valencia. Uh, they finished ninth. The average uh, prediction is tenth. 
uh, which says not a lot of change, but of course there has been uh, a lot of change. Uh, on the upside, Terry, Javi Garcia has been, is a manager who's managed crisis pretty well in the past. Yep, at Malaga, and, and I guess a Watford comes into that category, doesn't it? Yeah. You never know what's happening. But I, I, no, I'm worried, I have to be honest. Not worried in right. the fact that they'll go down and be relegated. I'm worried that they won't be challenging you know, the, a European spot again because we've seen the effect of missing out on Euro- European football for one season. has led to them selling Rodrigo, letting Garay leave on a free, Ferran Torres to City, Coquelin and Parejo to Villarreal. And I just think that when you deplete the squad, they haven't signed anyone. No one's come mm-hmm. in. You know, they're looking at maybe, you know, players returning back on loan. But it's like Lato, Jason, from the, who's on loan at Getafe as a wide player. It stands to reason that they're not going to be as strong this season as they were last season, and they're disappointed. So, Javi Grassi is going to have a, a tough old job um, to try and get some improvement out of an, a team that's obviously... Not as strong as last season. You take Rodrigo, Ferran Torres, Coquelin, Parejo out of the match day squad last season. That was would massively weaken Valencia if they were all injured, suspended. Um, hopefully, that's the, the last of the departures, um, and there may be some incomings, but I'm not confident on either of those. No. So where have you got them? I've gone. I've gone for ninth. I don't right, think yeah. there's enough quality there to be mid-table at the very least. Um, and Gracia might get a little bit more out of them um, to get them because of, you know, still got Maxi Gomez, still got Gaia. So at the moment, still got Condogbia. Um, they, they, they were relatively solid at the back with, with Gabriel Paulista. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a difficult one to see them actually getting any higher than that. But the coach might be the difference. Uh, Levante uh, next, 11th. That's the fixture on the first weekend. Actually, the best of the fixtures on the first weekend, isn't it? The Valencia City derby. So the prediction is 11th. They finished 12th. And last season, they were between 9th and 13th in the league all seasons. It it seems a sensible bet. Yeah, no, I I couldn't disagree with that. I'm I'm worried that they haven't brought too many players in um, because some of them, you know, have left. I mean, Borja Morel in particular is a... An important departure. He's gone back to Real Madrid alone. He might end up back at the Vancey. We don't know where he's going to. Certainly not going to be staying at Real Madrid. But I think he will be a miss. Um, so it's uh, they need to to try and somehow replace him um, as the focal point of the attack. But no, I think they've got enough about them to keep well away from the relegation issues without troubling Europe. Uh, do you think that there will be a lot of movement with loans in and out of of clubs? Obviously, you know the extended transfer deadline. Um, is is a factor here, isn't it? Can can you see that happening? Can you see the teams that start this weekend being quite different from the teams that play, say, in a month or two's time? Yep, I think what we get in any transfer window, and this will be all over Europe, it'll be the Premier League as well, teams, some teams are looking to sell. They would prefer to sell, but when it gets close to the window, closing, and they haven't been able to sell the players for the money they want, then they start loaning out. That's why the likes of Levante um, and one or two others will be sort of hovering around hoping that these players don't get... They'll be hoping that Real Madrid can't sell Mayoral for the money they want. Um, and then the offer will be there. We'll take him on loan again and they'll hope that... Real Madrid will hope he gets 10, 15, 20 goals at Levante and his he's value increases. So, But, you know, like used by Mayoral as an example, Real Madrid want the cash. Um, they feel he's done enough already to, to warrant a decent transfer fee. 
So they'd rather have the cash. And um, if they can't, then they loan them out again. They don't. They can't have them, you know, all, all these players piling up on their books. So it's catch twenty two, you know, for for both parties. Those that want to sell, yeah. those that want to loan. It's a result of the the chasm in financial resources, isn't it? The the, the loan deals, and in a way, the the loan system permits that that uh, massive gap because it means that the big clubs are able to effectively stockpile players, and rather than letting them leave on free transfers, they they will loan them out uh, in what seems like endless loans for for certain players. Uh, Myra's, you know, I barely them. remember playing for Real Madrid. Um, you know, for a striker who's been around a long time. Yep. Um, Granada are twelfth in our predictions, which will be down five. I think the lowest. Someone's got them down as twentieth, uh, on the basis that um, you know that they they were magnificent effort last season to finish seventh, uh, but you know a whole new set of challenges this time round. It is, and, and we have to remember that they're not qualified yet, are they, for the Europa League? No. So it yeah. kind of makes you a little bit, oh, should I go with them? Are they in Europe? I think they're playing an Albanian team next week. If I'm right in the, in their qualifier or in one of the qualifiers. So it's hard to gauge that. If they if they don't get into the competition, then we, we'll look at it different. If they are going to be playing in the Europa League, then I, I think that you know, it might, might be tougher for them to, to match last year's success. Do I think they'll match last year's success? No. Um, because you know they they, they were in a, a surprise package last year. People may have taken them lightly. They won't this season. I still think they're a good team. Top half finish, no problem for Granada. All right, cool. Thirteenth um, in our list, Osasuna. Now this is sad news, isn't it? Uh, Jimmy Avila, who is a player that we've enthused about, you've been a big fan of um, in in recent seasons. Uh, cruciate knee ligament last season. Uh, he was miraculously ahead of time back training, but he's injured again. Yep, same, and it's the other leg. Same injury. Mm. Last year was his right knee. This year, it's he did in training. He's just done his left knee. He's going to have surgery. He's going to miss six or seven months. So I was really cheesed off when I, I saw that news because I was looking forward to seeing him back in action um, this weekend, I was hoping. Um, great player to watch. Sad, terrible news for him. He was on the verge, wasn't he, of... Possibly moving to Barcelona, if you remember, when he picked up yeah. his first injury as that emergency striker signing. And, you know, from, from where he'd come from, he's, how hard he'd worked, it would have been tough on us as sooner, but this is tough on us as sooner as well. You know, practically, you know, the, the two crucial the ligament injuries, one after the other, is a devastating blow for him and for us as sooner. Um, but you know what? They're, they're, they, they did well enough without him. They had to change their style a little bit and work a, a, a touch harder, and they did that. Osasuna will do that, and, and I think we saw enough of them last season. They got some good players, Osasuna, as well. It's not just about working hard and fighting hard and being aggressive and being direct. They've got some good players as well, so I don't see any problems for Osasuna this season. Celta uh, Vigo are 14th in our list, which would be an improvement of three. Uh, you, you correctly predict, you identified, Terry, that they're a, a team that gets over-predicted a lot. Yeah, and I, I fear that might be the case this season again. You know, I'm looking at the, the players that they've brought in. I'm glad they kept Lucas Alaza, the left back. I was concerned he was going to be moved on. He stayed. Rafinha is crucial. I mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's back at Barcelona training. They want him back on, on loan again. So, again, that's the same example as we were talking about with Maya Rao. Um, it's I think they need a centre-forward. 
Um, Fedor Smolov was the player that came in last season on loan to try and liven things up in attack. Didn't get enough goals from Denis Suarez, from Santi Mina. And I, and I think that's an area of the team they need to improve. Can't rely on Aspes to get all the goals. Fifteenth hmm. uh, in our list, Alaves. Well, that's actually uh, Pablo Machin is in. He had eight days in a job in China. Now I know he wasn't didn't stick around exactly long in his last two jobs in Spain, but uh, he lasted longer than eight days. So yeah, there's a, there's another one, which means obviously that. Uh, Muniz, who he only came in at the end of last season, didn't he? So he wasn't there for long either, was it? That's, that's, no. a, that's a lot, lot of change, isn't it? It's a lot. It's a complete change in style of manager as well. So Muniz mm. came in and did a similar job to Garitano, but the job is needed. That's what Villarreal. That's the players they've got. Uh, Alaves. That's the players they've got. It's the style they had. Matching comes in. It, it, will, it will change. He'll be. A, a, he likes to play three at the back. Um, so that's going to be a significant change for the players to get used to. He, he has a certain style of football that is a lot different to what they've been playing in, in recent seasons. So I think Oliver Burke has gone to Sheffield United. He ended up the season playing well for Alaves. So he's not going to be this this season. Davison, and one of our favourites, he's signed for Alaves. Um, but not too many players coming in, you know, looking at the players that left. Camarasa has gone back to Betis and Lonan. Sadly for him, he's done his crucial knee ligament as well um, during the brief pre-season training setup. Alex Vidal has left the club. He's gone back to Sevilla on loan. Possibility that he might come back. So it's no, I, I, I struggle to see how that's going to work at Alaves with a manager with a completely different style um, and not too much work on the on the transfer front. So where where have you got them? I've got them as one of the potential teams that the three promoted teams have to catch um, right, yeah. to, to have a chance of staying in this season. And for me, there's a lot of teams in the league now that are established and good enough and are making progress that they makes it harder for the three newly promoted teams, particularly this season, um, to catch. So that's my sort of theory about the, the bottom half of the league. Let me tell you, that would match the prediction because uh, I'll tell you the two together. So Abar 16 and Valladolid 17 are the predictions, which obviously means that the bottom three are the, are predicted to be the bottom three. Oh, sorry, the new three are predicted to be the bottom three. Yeah, I think Abar could struggle. They've lost Oriana. Charles has left the club. Um, they haven't brought any major signings in. Resio has come in on loan from Leganes. And I just think they keep depleting year in, year out. And they, they you know, they're... Credit goes to Mendilibar for keeping them in the division. But I do worry that they haven't been able to progress financially to start you know, bringing in the better players. They kept Pedro Leon, so that's a help because I still think he contributes a lot. So I worry about Abar this season. Uh, I worry about Alaves this season. If I did it, funny enough, I don't. I think they'll be good again. I, I, we know what they do. Um, they're well coached, hard to score against. They can be direct. The, and, I, and I think they'll, they'll they'll be okay again this season. So, not I'm not back invited to finish top half and call it you know challenge Europe, yeah. but I think they'll get enough to to be six seven points away from relegation. So yeah. I'm backing them to stay up. Okay, so the bottom. <laughs> stop saying that. The new three teams <laughs> writing them off before the season started. Um, obviously, um, Elche have the biggest. Task of, of all. I mean, the fact yeah. that they haven't even got enough players to kick the season off. Twenty you know? days since their season ended. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> and they've changed their it's, manager, which yeah. is ludicrous. Yeah. I mean, they're not playing this weekend, are they? Uh, uh, it's Barcelona they had. They had yeah. Barcelona. They've, yeah. <laughs> they've dodged one there, that's for sure. Even with Barcelona, Messi could have turned up for training tomorrow <laughs> and put some boots on and had a run out against a 12-player LG with a new manager and a 40-year-old centre-forward. But no, we, yeah. I don't want to knock them and write them off too soon, but the, the, the facts are... They were rank outsiders to qualify for the playoffs. Rank outsiders when they were in the playoffs. They won games 1-0. And it was... They needed more than 20 days between the seasons. So, loads of credit to LJ for coming up. If you remember the last time they were in it, they went down for financial issues, didn't they? They didn't get relegated yeah. on point. Yeah. And, they, and I remember them being in the league. And it was a, it was a great atmosphere at the stadium. So, you know, I'm pleased they're up. Obviously, when the supporters do get back in the stadium, they're a good addition to La Liga. But you do need to do something more than what they've done so far. Other than sacking a successful manager and bringing yeah. a new manager in, there needs to be some, some, there has to be some signings to reinforce them. Otherwise, I mean, to have no signings is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, so, Wesker and Cadiz, can you make a case? What's the case for them staying up? I'm going for Cadiz to stay up. Right. Yep, I think that they faltered badly after the lockdown. Like Hatafe, I mean, they were favourites to win the league. They were running away with it. They really struggled after lockdown. It was a disastrous period. But they come back from lockdown. They, they you know, it, the lack of points. They, they needed three points with about five games to go to win the league and didn't get them something ridiculous like that. Um, the Gredos come in, and and I just think out of the three, Huesca, uh, and my worry is. The three teams that came up don't have a good goal-scoring record. Hmm. And it is, it's proven. It's a fact, of course. It's harder to score again in the division up. So I, I, I fear for all three. I think all three are going to have a struggle. But I'm just going to go with Cadiz and I'm going to go with Avar to be relegated along with Huesca and Elche. Right then, I think we'll leave it there, Terry. So keep sending your your predictions in. Uh, we'll we'll stick it on Twitter again, and then we'll we'll have a, a detailed version. So we'll come back next week. I'm actually have some La Liga uh, to talk about. Only seven games, and uh, not the not the big European teams, of course. But uh, La Liga is back one way or another. Uh, so uh, breathe it in, as Martin Tyler would say, and we'll see you for another <laughs> podcast. Then. And Bye-bye. it's live. expenses to occasional splurges there's a lot to buy why not get cash back every time you spend with the PenFed power cash rewards card you get cash back on every purchase that's everywhere every time you use it you can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days visit penfed.org powercash to apply 
To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.